Cool. That is awesome, wasn't it? Man, God, we do worship you tonight. Man, the words to all those songs just deepen my soul. We, just, we, we are here because of you, and we are so grateful that you're here because of us, because of your great love for us. Jesus, <laughs> that you would reconcile us to God, that we would spend every moment on this planet in union with you, reconciled to you. Thank you for that gift. And thank that, thanks that you're here tonight. Thanks that your word is alive and active. And God, I, I just pray that uh, by the time we leave, that uh, there will be great blessing um, that will happen in this place. Unite us together for your glory and for your purpose and for this world that you love so much. I do pray that your word would be alive and active tonight, God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, hey, I, I just want to celebrate real quick. How many of you women... We're hanging out at this time last night at the park, all right? Quite a few, yeah, awesome, sweet. Uh, I, I was talking, somebody came in and told me how competitive my wife is. So I said, thank you. I'm glad somebody else noticed that now. So, but uh, glad you guys had some fun last night. Hey, I also wanted to let you know, uh, coming up in September, we're gonna have a golf outing. This is fun. On Sunday morning. How cool is that, right? So get ready for that in uh, mid-September. We're actually going to be able to be together, and uh, we'll, we'll get that out. That's a couple months away, but we, we've, we've got that nailed on a Sunday morning coming up in September. Hey, before I jump into my message today, uh, last week, <clears throat> again, uh, and I've shared a couple times again how once we knew we needed to get out of our building, that we contacted different churches, and, you know, and they were so gracious to say, yes, of course you could meet here. And then last week we just shared how unbelievable, um, yeah, just the generosity the graciousness, the servant heart of this church, of Southeast Christian. And, and, and I, I shared all that again with you last week. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, but, but uh, tonight I'm super excited because uh, their pastor is here tonight. And I want to introduce to you Mike Packer. There he is, right out here in front. I think you did you grab the mic? Got it? All right. Yeah. So grateful for this guy, it, way before even this all happened, um, just for his heart and his passion in this valley and his faithfulness. But I, I just wanted to bring Mike up so that you guys would see him, uh, get to know who he is, because that's one of the things we're excited about. We, I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I do know there's no way we're going to share a building together and not be together, you know? And so, so, so grateful for you, Mike. And well, your, your staff is here all the time, it seems like. So, uh, <laughs> um, Dave asked me to say... To turn that on, or... We good? Go ahead. Is it working? No. Now? No. Yeah? It's so. just like Sunday mornings for us. <laughs> <laughs> Test. Right, there we there go. go. All right. Hey, there we go. Hey, you know, and um, Dave asked me to say a few things, and um, I just want to start. I want to share two passages of Scripture uh, that has really just been driving this conversation. And, and really, it's, it's you guys. You know, I, I joked around, and it seems like anytime there's a new church planter in town, Dave calls him up on stage, tells him to preach to you guys, and then he says, take as many of them as you can. <laughs> and, and, and K2 is just so kingdom-minded, and it's just a natural thing for us to do to say whatever you need, mm -hmm. because you've been such a blessing to... Uh, the Salt Lake Valley and the state for so long. Um, but the first guardrail that we have is found in um, 
John 17. It's when Jesus is praying uh, the high priestly prayer. And it's this passage here. He says, um, I do not ask these, this, these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So Jesus is praying and he says, hey, the way that the world is going to know that I came, that I'm the Messiah, is the unity of the believers. And then the other guardrail for us, the other passage has been Philippians 2. And it's this, it says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so that's, as we began these conversations, we could just tell that we were on the same page. I mean, that was our heart. We want K2 to succeed. You are on the mission field. We are on the mission field. We need as many healthy churches along the Wasatch Front as possible. And so we're just honored Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that we could be um, of service to you. And if there's anything that you need from us to let us know, and and we won't do it, but no, (laughs) of course we'll do it. Um, but I think, let's, uh, let's pray for you. Yeah, let's absolutely, Let's, let's pray. Yeah, um, let me it. pray for you. Okay. Father God, I thank you so much for Dave and his family. And God, I know it's just been a long journey from Michigan to Utah of all places. But you are good. And as all these things that are unfolding in this last season, you have not been surprised by any of mm-hmm. them. You have been leading their leadership. You have been guiding their steps. You've been closing doors that needed to be shut. You have been paving a a way for them. And I am trusting, as I know that they are, that you are going to see them through this season. And so, Father, I pray that this season for them would be a season of growth. That they would be asking, how many more nights can we have? How many other mornings can we have um, as, as you just continue to add people to your kingdom, as they come and as they become part of the K2 family. God, we love you, and uh-huh. we pray that this season would just continue to strengthen K2. But not only that, that people would see the unity that we have uh-huh. and that they would know that you sent your son Jesus yeah. to die for them. Yeah. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. Amen. And Lord, I pray for Mike. Um, for their staff, for their elder team. Um, we are just so grateful. Jesus, I, I just know this makes you smile. This, is, this brings pleasure to you. Um, and so I am so grateful for their humility, for their service, for their kingdom mindset. And so, Lord, we pray for your blessing on this place. We just pray that their ministry would just, would just continue to blossom. I love, God, their heart for the community and the way they're trying to connect with the community and reach many more people to come to know you. Lord, thanks for their, uh, their commitment um, to the gospel, to the truth that sets people free. And so, Lord, and I do pray that, uh, that our, our unity, as Mike asked, that, that, uh, that we would experience it, that it would be real, 
um, not token, and that, uh, that it really would uh, bring a blessing into this valley. And so, God, we're, we just, we love you. We, we really do. We're so grateful for the good things that you're doing, and we do trust you completely. As we sang tonight, you are in control. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Love you. <laughs> Well, when we moved here uh, from Michigan uh, 18 years ago now, isn't that insane? It is for me anyway, 18 years ago. Um, when we were looking uh, at the house that we eventually bought on Downington Avenue in, in, uh, in Sugar House, it was kind of interesting because Susie and I were in love with the house. And I remember we came out and our realtor was actually walking up and down the street. And when she came back down the street, she kind of looked a little forlorn. And, and I was like, well, what, what, you know, what's going on? We, go, we love this house. She's like, yeah, but I'm not sure about the neighborhood. Well, partly that was because on our street, kitty corner to us, right across the street, there have been two units right on 13th East, right across from Westminster College, which has always fascinated me, that have been completely abandoned. I mean, these buildings have eventually the city had to come in. They had to board them up because people kept breaking in. And then there were, there's been graffiti all over the place. Just nasty. Nobody takes care of it. The weeds are growing up. The trees are all over the place. It it's it's really was a horrific two lots right in the heart of Sugar House. It was just crazy to us. In fact, it was so weird. We would have people knock on our door pretty regularly and come up and say, hey, do you know what's going on? With that, what's happening across the street? Who owns this? Nobody knew, because we would love to purchase it, because they knew this was a really valuable piece of property, but it was totally decimated and was in complete destruction. Praise God, this is the one good thing that happened during COVID. Finally, somebody purchased the property. Yes, you have, I mean, seriously, you have no idea. We were like, we were so excited. Now, and we weren't really excited. They, they, they sent a picture to us because we could go to a meeting and say if we didn't like it and we didn't want them there. We're like, we don't care what it looks like. Just bring anybody in here. But, but they came in, and then once they purchased it and somebody else owned it, man, then they went to work. I was trying to remember, what's the gal's name, Susie? Do you remember? Tina? She is, this gal, she was there every day because this was her baby. And so what happened though is all these different workers had to come in. She owned it, it was hers, but now she had to build this thing up and she had to make something beautiful out of it. So right, so the foundation got laid and all the cement trucks came in and they poured all the cement. And then the builders came up, right, and they built the structure, the infrastructure, and then the roofers came in. And then eventually, all the work, we couldn't really see it because it was actually being done inside the house. And then the landscaping happened, and it was beautiful. And these three condos right across from my house, is that what they are, man? Whatever they are, $1.4 million a piece. Four stories each. 4,000 square feet. Each of them with their own elevator. This used to be not even a crack house, man. This was an absolute devastation, and in its place is glory. It is glory. I was so excited because one day they actually had an open house, so we got to go in, and I got to walk through it, and it was just this unbelievable, beautiful place. And you could go all the way to the top, you guys, and at the very top, it's the best 
view I have seen in all of my views here in Salt Lake in 18 years. Because you can stand on the top and you see 360 all the way around you. Absolutely beautiful. I loved running into her because this woman had a project that she was purchasing, that she had purchased, and that she was accomplishing. Okay? I want to tell you something. God has a work project. He has a work project. And there's a world that's decimated. There's a world that's in destruction. There's in a world and people are going, why is this happening? Who's gonna fix this? Who owns this thing? And then he, Jesus, God is redeeming the world. That's what he's doing. He's reconciling the world back to himself. Now, he's already done the work through Christ, right? He's already purchased it. The payment has been made. It's all there. It's all his. So he's done the work through Christ, but when you read the scripture, he's doing the work through Christ. In Colossians, Paul says this fascinating thing where he says, I fill up in my flesh the afflictions lacking still in Christ. Well, Christ already has done all the work. What's he filling up? What's, what's the work that Paul was doing? Well, God's doing the work through Christ, and he does that through the church because we're the body of Christ. We're the cement layers. We're building the foundation. We're the roofers. We're the ones doing the plumbing and the electricity. We're the one making the landscape and making it beautiful. Every gift that you have, that God has given you, which is what we're gonna talk about here, he's given it to you, to, uh, to us, to you individually, but to us, to make us the body of Christ. And I wanna tell you, man, he's gonna blow away a $1.4 million, 4,000 square foot condo with what he's gonna do. He makes the church beautiful. And then he uses the church as his plan for redemption into the world. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, now you are the body. You guys know this, man? You are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Ephesians 4, 16 says, and from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So here's what I want to tell you, man. God is making all things new through you. God is making all things new through you. So last week, I unpacked Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And then we just said, it said this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Man, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's message, just go back because everything we're going to talk about tonight, and to be honest with you, for the next like two or three months, everything we're going to talk about is in view of his mercy. It's in view of his mercy. It's in view of what God has done for us. This everything we just sang about, the rescue that he has done, because every one of us was like that property. Every one of us was devastated and separated from God and doomed for destruction. Every one of us. And now he's making something beautiful out of us. So therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable 
service. And some, and, and some um, 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 versions say your reasonable worship. And if you were here last week, that's what we realized. It's like, it's the only reasonable, logical thing to do. When someone gives their life for you to rescue you from some damnation in hell and bring you into eternal life, the only reasonable response is to give yourself back to him. And it's your reasonable service. Now here's what's interesting. Right after that, right after the very first, first verses of Romans chapter 12, after, after he says this is your reasonable service, he starts talking about spiritual gifts. He goes immediately into this. He goes, so I want you guys to know, in view of what God has done for us, this is what we're going to do, but it's what we're going to do because you are the body of Christ and every one of you is a part of it. You are absolutely essential to God's plan to redeem this world. So, Two months ago, almost, almost two months ago, before we knew that we had to move out earlier than we were expecting, we were actually in a series on spiritual gifts. We were, we were I don't know if you guys remember, we had a couple messages on spiritual gifts, and then we, we knew we had to move out, so we kind of switched things around and tweaked them. Well, we're going to jump back into that, okay? We're going to jump back in to our gift, on, uh, our, our series on spiritual gifts, because you have one. <laughs> so that we can be the body of Christ, so that God can work through us to bring beauty and glory through redeeming this world, all right? Now, so let me just recap real quick, because if I just jump into the third message, it's, 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 it's just not gonna work. So let me recap real quick. The first message was you have a personal gift. Every one of you. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 12, four through seven. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, listen to this, and in who? All of them. Is it there? Oh, no, it's the next slide. <laughs> like, you all are like, I don't know. <laughs> Can you go to the next slide? In all of them and in? There you go, okay. In... Everyone, that means all of you, all of us in this room, okay, it is the same God at work. Now to who? Each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Chapter 12, verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We can't go anywhere, you guys. We can't do anything. Anything that God wants us to do until each one of us individually in this room believes that truth right there. That the Spirit of God has given to each one of you a personal gift that nobody else possesses. So our little phrase was this, you are gifted to be a personal display of God's power. Every one of you, a unique display that nobody else can be because he's making all things new through you. And your part matters. So we talked about how do you get a spiritual gift? Very simply, it just says it, it's given to you. It's a gift. You don't work for it. You don't try to do it. You don't study for it. You don't go to school for it. You receive the Spirit of God. Because who gets the spiritual gifts? It's anyone who's born of the Spirit. As soon as you put your faith in Christ, he says, you're born of my Spirit. And as soon as the Spirit comes inside of you, he says, you have been given a gift. And so... You don't have to work for it. You have one. That's, that's what's cool is you, you might not even know that. 
But the scripture tells you, if you are actually a child of God, you have a spiritual gift. In this, each one, and it's a personal gift. Do you, if you remember, the scripture said, different kinds of gifts, same spirit. Different kinds of service, same Lord. Different kinds of working, same God. Each tool is necessary and important. You don't lay the foundation with cement, your building ain't going nowhere. You don't build it up, you don't put a roof on, you, you guys know all this. I, I actually came out, right, I had a little, a little wrench, you know, in an Allen wrench, and then I had a sledgehammer, you know, because, because the sledgehammer can't do what the Allen wrench can do, but the Allen wrench is not something you can pound it with. I mean, you know who you are is unique and different and important. And, so, and then we just said this, what are these gifts? And this is so important. What are the gifts? And it doesn't matter what gift you have. They're all three things. Number one, they're acts of service. The scripture just said, they are different kinds of service. Well, this makes sense, you guys, because what's this Holy Spirit do? Once you receive the Spirit of God inside of you, he goes to work in you to make you look like Jesus. That's what, that's what he does. He goes, I'm gonna conform you more and more into the image of Christ. And what was Christ? He goes, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. He taught his disciples, and he says, the greatest in the kingdom of God, in my way, the greatest is the servant of all. And so the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, and when he gives you these gifts, what are they? They're an act of service. So immediately, as soon as the Spirit of God is, gets inside of a human being, you know what you do? You just go, oh my gosh, I follow Jesus. That's what our whole mission is here, to equip you to follow Jesus. Then you serve, because that's what Jesus does. The second thing he says they are, they're types of working. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. These are the work of one in the same spirit. You guys, it's, it's amazing. I, I say this a lot here. Well, no, I haven't said a lot here. It's probably the first time I've said it here. I've said it a lot to you guys. God is always at work. That's the beautiful thing. Now, you are a tool, but what God is saying is, if you're in my hands, if you're in my hands, I'm working. And so I, and, but here's the beautiful thing. God does the work through you in the unique way that you are. So here's what we can know right now. The world is going to be redeemed because his children give, offer themselves as living sacrifices, which is what? Here I am, God. Take me. Use me. Do anything you want with me. When God finds a soul that isn't doing their own thing, but says, God, I'll do whatever you want, he grabs you, he fills you with his spirit, and he goes to work. When you have a spiritual gift, which you do have, it's an act of service, and it's a work of God. Now, again, remember, we're saved by grace, through faith, not by, not by works. You are not working to get God's favor. You aren't working to get saved. All of that was done by Jesus. But once you receive him, then you are God's workmanship. Then he goes to work. So can I just ask you again, as a person filled with the spirit of God, are you serving and are you working? Is God doing something inside of you? And then the last thing it says, you know what a gift is? He says it's a manifestation of the Spirit. How many of you know that about you? How many of you woke up this morning and go, I am a manifestation of the Spirit? You are. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 
The scripture just point blank says a gift is a manifestation of the spirit. That means an exhibition. It means an expression. It means the world sees God through you. That's his whole plan. And I just said in that message, that's why the lies of the enemy, you guys, that's why he wants to say you have nothing to offer. You aren't special. You're not important. Your service isn't needed. It's okay to just sit and receive. Keep, he wants to keep you from the fulfillment, from the health of the body, and from the impact that God wants to have in the world. And I just want to tell you tonight again, remind you, don't buy the lie of the enemy that you don't matter. <laughs> Because if you let God have control of your life and you let him fill you with the spirit of God, he's going to start redeeming the world. He's going to take crack houses on Downington Avenue and make you a $1.4 million expression of his glory. Do you believe that? Thank you. You need to believe that. It's what you're created and recreated for. The second message, though, was we aren't just a, 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 uh, an individual expression it's a corporate gift. This is so important. You are part of a collective display of God's power. This isn't just about you. It's a collective, it's like you, plural, are the body of Christ. So this is super important. You're a part of a collective display. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit to form one body. That's why. Whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were all given the spirit to drink. And even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then I'm going to say it again, verse 12, 27. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So I use kind of a silly example, but I just you know, said if I was walking around the street <clears throat> and, uh, and came around the corner and you were standing there, you'd go, hey, there's Dave, right? That's what you do. See, because what he's saying is you are the body of Christ. So people, the world is supposed to see Christ. And so when you see my body, you go, hey, there's Dave. And then I said, now, if I ripped off my finger, which would be really painful, that's called dismemberment, yeah, we should remember that when someone separates from the body of Christ. Not a great thing. But if I could take my finger and I stuck it on the table right there, and then I said, how many of you go, hey, look, it's Dave. None of you would look at one part and say it's Dave. The world is only going to see Christ. The passage that Mike just read, how, are we gonna, how is the world going to know that Jesus came from the Father? It's when we are unified as a body and when each part does its work. Do you understand how important this is? That's why last year when I was reading through this passage just in my own personal time, I'm like, we've got to do a series on this because people don't know this. And if they do know it, they're not, we're not doing it yet. Oh, but how cool is this going to be when we finally do all come together and let God use the gift that he has made? So I just want to ask you the questions I asked in that message. Are you connected to the body of Christ? And if you are, again, celebrate that fact. 
Celebrate those that you're in union with, that you're bound, that you're joined and held together with because that is what God has created you for. But I have to ask you too, if you're not connected, if, if it's just a service that you attend and you're not actually in connected relationships with other followers of Christ, this scripture just demands that we just go be, be really honest with yourself and just go, why, why am I not? Why am I a finger on the table? What good is a finger not connected to the hand? But you're a finger, and you're really important. What is the reason? Think deeply and be very honest with yourself if you're not connected, because it's crucial, not just for your own to be, to be full in your own life. The body can't function if you're not a part of it. All of us have had a time, right, where something's not working in your body, and all of a sudden, you, you just, you're, you're not complete. You're not healthy. And the most important thing is the world. The world that needs Jesus needs you. Second thing, are you using the gift that God has given you? Are you? And if you are, praise, just praise God. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for this unbelievable experience of being filled with the Spirit and knowing that I found what I'm here for. I found what you made me for, and I praise you for that. Just thank God sometime this week, tonight when you go home or tomorrow morning when you don't have to go to church. Um, thank God for the gift he's given you and for the gifts around you, okay? And then secondly, I just got to ask you, if you're not using the gift that God gave you for the benefit of the body, and to redeem the world. Why are you not using it? Now, some of you may not know what it is. And that's, that's a very possibility. I think that's why I realized, like, we got to do this, and we got to get in, we got to be serious about this. So go to our website. As soon as you click on k2thechurch.com, bam, first thing on the front page, you're going to see the GPS assessment, gift assessment. That means gifts, passions, and story. So you're going to be able to take a little test online. I just took it again. I took it the second time this week that helped you to understand what, what are the gifts possibly that God has given me. And then P, what are your passions? Because you can have a gift but be passionate about a different area to express it in. And then what's your story? Because God, everything that has led you to this day, God's been involved in. He's the author of your story. And so you listen to your story and you see what experiences have I done that got me to this place and it helps you to understand what God might want to do with me next. Would you guys do me a favor? Come on, man. Would you guys do me a favor? Go on our website, go on our app and take the GPS assessment and just start to, start to discover, okay, God, who am I? Why am I here? And help him, let, let him, the Holy Spirit lead and guide you to what you're supposed to be doing in the body of Christ. God, it's going to get good, you guys. It's going to get glorious. You're going to be able to do, and we all are going to experience more than we've ever experienced as every one of us knows what that gift is and starts implementing it. By the way, I, let me just say this. I will say this, though. Spiritual gifts tests are helpful, but you know how you really find your gift? You know how you really find your gift? You offer yourself, you offer your body to God as a living sacrifice. That's what you do. I just said, God, here I am. And I gave him every piece of me when I was 19. And you know what happened? I found my gift. 
You know what you do? Because when you, when you offer him, what is it? It's your act of service. So then you just start serving. That's the first thing you do. Here, by the way, you can just know this. You don't have to discover your gift to serve. You can, serving is just beautiful. <laughs> and that's the act, of what, that's what it is. That's us being God. And here's what I found. As I served, as I just got involved in the community I was involved in, and I started serving, you know what happened? People, people saw the gift I had and they called it out of me. I want to tell you, that's how you find your gift, actually. Get engaged in the body of Christ. Start giving yourself away. And the next thing you know, you'll start exercising things. The Spirit will be in control of your life because you offered yourself to him. And you'll start doing things. And as you do the gift that you're gifted in, it says it will benefit other people. And other people will go, man, when you do that, I was blessed. And you go, hmm, maybe I should do this some more. Now, I will I say this. After you take the GPS assessment, the most important thing, as I read through my results, I said the only way that I could ever really discover anything through this is I'd need to get together with somebody else and say and talk about it. Okay, take the test. If you're in a Life Together group, share it with your group. Share it with your leaders. Call one of us on staff. We're actually going to know. If you take this test, we'll, we'll know that you've taken it and we'll have the results. Call us up, email us and say, hey, could I set up an appointment with one of you? I'd like to talk through my results because I want to be who Jesus Christ made me to be. Amen? Amen? All right, let's do it. Okay, now, I knew I was going to do this today, but that's okay. Because here's the third message that was for tonight, which I have five minutes to give to you. <laughs> but it, but uh, and, I, and it's okay. It really is okay. Because... I, I don't know if I would ever actually teach you this, but there's a list. I just want, I'm just going to go through this list with you. There's a list of gifts that, that get presented. And I realized as I went through these lists, I go, people don't know what these things are. And we need to understand these gifts because they're different. Every one of them's different. It's like I, I, this summer I had the privilege. In fact, where's, where's Tyler and Olivia? There they are, right back there. These guys just got married. Get back from their honeymoon. Sweet. <laughs> I love doing premarital counseling with people, um, especially when they're like Tyler and Olivia and are so different from each other. <laughs> because the differences are important. Opposites attract. We all know after you're married, then they repulse. <laughs> but I, I actually think the differences are super important because they provide opportunities to love to lay your life down to the person who's not like you. They provide opportunities to need the other person. That's the beauty wow, you're good at this and I'm not good at this. And even though it bugs me, I need that. And you learn how to need each other. They provide opportunities for growth. I, 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 after 22 years with Susie, man, there's areas in my life and there's areas in her life where we're different because of the differences. God loves different things. He doesn't want to make us all the same. Look at us, man. We are a ragtag group of people by the design of God. And the different gifts are important. And then he unifies them through the power of his Holy Spirit, which is love. So, in verse 8 it said, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. To one this, to one this, to another this, to another this. God's up there going, oh, when I created you. Oh. Now, 
now you've given me your life. I can't wait to show you who you are. Let me just bust through these real quick. To one there's given through the Spirit uh, a message of wisdom. What's wisdom? It's the ability to understand God's will and apply it obediently. Now, here's the thing. James says, if you like wisdom, come and ask him, and he'll give it to you, right? I mean, it's not like all the rest of us has to be stupid, right? I need, a, I need a wise person. That's not what he's saying. You can go to God, and God will give you wisdom. But there are certain people who have the message of wisdom. It's the word of wisdom. And I will say this, man. This is 1 Corinthians Okay, chapter 12, go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse and two, uh, chapter one excuse me, and chapter 2. It's all about the wisdom of God that's displayed through Christ. And it says, and the world can't get it. It is foolishness to them because the wisdom of God is Christ crucified. The wisdom of God is laying down your life and dying to yourself so that other people live. That's how it works. That's how the kingdom of God works. So when a person has the gift of wisdom, it's the wisdom that says, I can help you to know what to do in this particular situation, and that gift of wisdom will always be the wisdom of the cross. So it's not just possessing it, it's the word, it's the ability to give it in a way that helps people know what to do. To another, the message of knowledge by the same spirit. Can I tell you, here's the other thing that's fun. I st- I've read so much on this stuff lately to be prepared for this. I have many scholars I think are brilliant and I love them. And the other, what's cool is they disagree on some of this stuff. <laughs> so you actually have to take some of this with some, with some grain of salt. And we're all trying to figure out exactly what this means. The knowledge, um, the message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit Some people are saying, it's like, could that be supernatural knowledge? Is it factual information that could otherwise not have been known? And I just want to tell you, I know people personally who said they've been in conversations with somebody and all of a sudden it's like they know something about the person. And they're like, why do I? And then gently, in kindness and love, they'll share this thing. And they're like, how do you know that? So, you know what? It could be this. God could actually give certain people the gift to say, I'm going to let you know some things. Here's, what I, here's, here's a more general sense. It's definitely the ability that's linked to understand the mysteries of God. To be able to, it, it, you can't teach or counsel without this gift. I, I'll just be honest, it was really weird for me when I was 19 and I started reading the Bible. I started reading the Bible, I just got it. And it was weird because I'd, I'd be around other people and they'd been Christian for a while and they didn't get it. And I'm like, why do I get this? I don't know. Maybe it's because he had a gift he wanted to give me. So that ability to be able to have understanding of the scriptures and the mysteries of God and then the ability, it's the word of knowledge, it's the message of knowledge to be able to give to somebody else. To another, faith by the same spirit. Faith. Now obviously, this can't be just a spiritual gift because he says to one, faith. Well, it can't mean saving faith, right? Because we all have faith that brought saving faith. It can't mean your general walk with faith with God. So every, read, every scholar I read said, well, what does it mean when you're given a gift of faith? It means that in really difficult situations, it is an intense ability to trust God in difficult and demanding ways. And I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I don't know why God doesn't go, hey, just here you go, everybody. But I do know this. When I'm in the presence of one person who believes with the deepest conviction in a really dark time, you know what happens? my faith gets strengthened. You guys had that experience? So God gives some people the gift of faith and their gift of faith drives and encourages the rest of us.
to another, gifts of healing by that same one spirit. The gift of healing. And this is, just ba- this is the ability to heal physical ailments. And that's not a manf- manifestation that's given to a person to receive it. It's a gift that God gives somebody, the ability to bring healing. You know, I, and wow, we could get into this one for days, especially when you've had a mom who dies from cancer, right? And you're praying for healing. <laughs> but I want to tell you, this, this is a gift. I believe in it with all my heart. I've seen it. And God gives some people that gift of healing. I like one scholar, he said, the gift of healing in the scripture was always used for the advancement of the mission of God and not just for the health of a person. That's an interesting argument. I'd need to study that a little bit more. But we do know this, not everybody that gets prayed for gets healed. And I know this, it is definitely not because people didn't have enough faith. Man, I've seen faith that shame anybody. But that didn't result in healing. But God does have the gift and it is power. Corey? believe it for you, brother. All right. Then to another miraculous powers. And they're like, okay, well, this is a different thing apparently than healing. Some people would say that this could be the ability to to help uh, uh, the expulsion of demons. Okay. That was a supernatural ability that that Jesus had, that he gave his disciples to have. But there's the possibility of miraculous powers. To another prophecy. Now, I'm not going to get into this one because in two weeks, we're gonna to totally talk about prophecy, all right? We are gonna unpack this gift in two weeks. In fact, the title for this message in two weeks is gonna be called A Desirable Gift because when Paul gets through this whole list, he goes, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and then he talks about prophecy. Now, uh, how many of you knew, knew that you could be a prophet? I'll never forget the first time I asked Steve Andrews, my, my lead pastor back in Detroit, who's outside of Susie, most important person in my life, I said, Steve, You've, you've known me now for a few years. And he, I said, so, so when you think of Dave Nelson, what do you think? He goes, you're a prophet. I was like, what? And some of you are going, what? <laughs> Most of you are? We're going to talk about that, okay? We'll, we'll get into it. I will say it's this. It is setting forth what God has said. A person with a gift of prophecy hears from God, and then they express what God has said. I think the reason Steve said I have that gift is I, I can't tell you how many people after a church service will come up and say, man, you were speaking right to me. And I always go, yes, he was. That's just it. But there's personal stuff too in this. Oh, I can't, I gotta stop. Two weeks, come back, all right? <laughs> to another, the distinguishing between spirits. So this is somebody who actually has the ability to be able to say when somebody is giving a prophetic message, is that actually of God or is that not of God? Because I can tell you this, man, people love to come in and say, I have a word of the Lord for you. I'm always like, okay. Seriously, if I've had people say stuff to me, it's, it's screwed me up for a long time because they had a word from God. How oh, there's some power. I got a word from God for you. So you have a Southern accent when that happens. All right. I'm from Michigan. That was my sister's in Mississippi. She better not listen to this. Okay. Then to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Oh, let's open that can in the no time I have left. Um, And we're gonna, we're gonna gonna unpack this one because the whole of chapter 14 is all about prophecy and tongues. Because everybody in Corinth wanted to speak in tongues. Everybody wanted this, this, and and, and again, there's argument here because when the Spirit came at Pentecost in chapter two, 
People had the ability to speak in all these languages and people could understand. They're like, how, how, do, how, do you, how are you speaking in my language? And people now are saying, well, so when this gift of tongues happens, is that just I can speak in, you know, I can speak German all of a sudden? Or is it a prayerful language that is not, a, that we don't have the ability to understand because the very next thing says some people have to have the gift of interpretation of that tongue. All right? So we're going to talk about that. But everybody wanted the tongue thing. Ooh, cool. And Paul's like, and, and the fact is, I'd love for you to have it too. I wish everybody spoke in tongues like I do, he said. He goes, but you know what? Tongues just benefits you. But when you speak a word from God to another person, it benefits everybody else. That's why that's the, des the desire, the gift you should desire. Oh, you just gave away two weeks. You don't have to come now. There you go. All right. There you go. That's it. That was the list. Now, there's more. There's more. He goes on later in the chapter. He says God gave apostles and prophets and teachers, and there's gifts of helping. There's gifts of guidance. And then there's other lists in the scriptures. I, I'm, I am of the belief that those aren't the, the ones that are listed in the scriptures are not the only gifts that God is bound to. He can gift you to do anything he wants you to do. Okay? And so, but I do just want to say, let's, let's apply this. Would you guys... But you got to be a part of the church. You got you to know people to do this, okay? But here's the application. Will you and I see the gifts in other people and pull it out of them? I see this in you. It's the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because other people saw it in me. And you guys, if we can help each other, let's see these gifts we have this fun thing we do every one of our birthdays when it's our birthdays. We sit there and everybody goes around the table numerous times and we just, we just encourage each other. And we just, hey, here's what we see in you and here's what we love about you. And it's really cool, especially the kids have gotten older. I mean, it's amazing what comes out of their mouth. And I want to tell you, I, I'm like, I think Mariah's here. Don't tell. I actually, last time we did this, I'm like, man, I wish I would have recorded this. I'm not dying. I, I wish I would have recorded this so I could have listened to it when I'm doubting right? But I could hear the words of my kids and my wife tell me who I am. You and I have the power of life in our tongue to give to each other. Let's encourage each other. Let's spur each other on. But that means you've got to be in relationship with each other, y'all. You've got to know people to be able to do this. And then lastly, the last application, take this GPS thing. Come on, man, do it for me. Get on the app, get on our website, take this test and then meet with somebody and talk it through with them and say, do you see this in me? And then how can I, how can I actually start to apply this gift? And ah, oh, I wish I would have had a picture, babe, of across the street and I could have put it up there. And then I wish I could have put a picture of what's up there now. This is what God is doing with the world Revelation 21.5, the one who sits on the throne says, I am making everything new. But he makes it new through you. You individually and you corporately. It's us. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. This is his plan. Come on, man. Don't buy the lie of the enemy that you don't matter. All right? All right. Let's pray. In fact, would you guys, let's stand. Let me stand, let's do it. It's kind of cool, we're not gonna worship. We're just closing this way. So let me do, let's just stand and I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna pray for us and send us out. God, thank you for this amazing truth that to each one, 
is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Each one of us determined and distributed by you. God, I just want to claim right now the reality that every person in this room who has put their faith in you and has received the Holy Spirit and is born again of your Spirit, each one of them has a gift from you according to your word. And I pray in Jesus' name, would you expose that gift, God? Shine light on that gift. Lord, don't let any person here get to heaven and realize, man, I didn't build anything. So God, I, then I pray that you put, give us the grace to be living sacrifices in view of your mercy and your sacrifice for us. God, give people grace in this room. Give me grace to put my life in your hands because you're going to work to redeem the world. And every life that's in your hand, you will work through. So God, give us the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to live like Jesus who offered himself to you. We offer ourselves to you, God. And then, Lord, bind us together as a body because we realize that the only way Salt Lake Valley is going to see Jesus is because they see the church as a whole body. God, bind us together with Southeast. Bind us together with the other churches in this valley. Lord, help us to be the body of Christ because then the world will know. I praise you, God, that you redeem us individually that you make beautiful things out of our lives. God, help us to believe you're not done and you want to keep doing it. Bless us with the power of the Holy Spirit with these gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, God bless you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Have a good night. See you next Saturday.